Oh, sweet baby Jesus. This episode might be really long, but hopefully like good. I don't know. Wait, I have to turn up the gain. Everybody wait. Okay, for those of you who aren't like, I don't want to say recording junkies because I don't think anyone is. For those of you who don't know what a gain is, I think it's like how sensitive the mic is. If the mic's more sensitive, it'll pick up more sound. I had to turn down because my neighbor, I think, is shearing his shrubs. Shearing his shrubs? No, I don't mean it as a euphemism. I don't know what that, oh no, I do know what that euphemism would be. Yeah, I think they're, I think he's cutting down trees. I could look out the window and see, but I'm sitting on the floor, so I'm not going to do that. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Sipping and Spilling with Suze. I'm who? I'm Suze. I low-key was like, maybe I should change the name of the podcast to Ramblings of a Psychotic Dopamine Addict. No, I had a different one. Ramblings of a Psychotic Self-Esteem Queen. That's what it should be. But it's not. It's Sipping and Spilling with Suze. We're not setting up another ORS. Us feed. We're not changing the name. We're not fucking bothered. This week's episode, oh god, I know I've already said it could be a long one. And then some people, some people, Helen, will be like, make two, make two. Not gonna happen. I did two podcasts last week. I don't have the energy to do it again. I did start earlier this week on recording. I do try and record on Wednesdays. But sometimes Wednesdays is not a good day to record because some days I'm depressed and in bed on a come down. A come down for me is kind of like a hangover for other people because I don't get hangovers. <gasps> I know, she's amazing. She doesn't get hangovers. God, she is so attractive. I don't get hangovers because I'm better than you. No, I don't know why I don't get hangovers. I never really have. I think it's because I actually don't need as much alcohol as other people because I, uh, my emotions are a lot more sensitive. I've just missed a call from my dad, but he just called and hung up. My emotions are a lot more sensitive, so, oh, he's calling again. Sorry, guys, my dad's calling. Okay, sorry, I'm back. It was literally a, like a one-minute call. You, what was I saying? Oh, I don't get hangovers. And then I know someone's like, well, how do you know it's not a hangover if it's like a calm down? Because I don't always, oh, there's my phone buzzing. I don't always get a come down. Like when I spend the day after a night out, after drinking with Mihal, I don't get a come down until like I go home. So like I don't have a hangover when I wake up. The come down isn't until like I, I assess my emotions or my emotions assess me. Um, but no, I don't get hang. I don't get that headache or any of that sort of stuff because I don't need as much alcohol. Because if I'm on a night out, I'm basically drunk anyway on my own feelings. That was not what we were supposed to be talking about. What was I supposed... Oh, right. I was I was saying, I was like, oh, will I change the name of the podcast? It's because I'm now... This whole ser- series... This whole season... That's right, guys. It's a season of the podcast so far has just been me rambling. Which isn't really the dynamic of sipping and spilling with Suze as we, like, had planned. I say we as if I have, like, a whole team behind me. So I want to get back into doing interviews like having podcasts with people because they're so much more fun obviously when I go over to London that's right guys I'm going to London I'm not moving oh my god I'm not moving uh when I go over to London I will record with Helene Helen because everyone everyone wants to hear a podcast with Helen not just Helen wants to do a podcast with me not just I want to do a podcast with Helen everyone wants Helen on the podcast like loads of people obviously only the people who know her I don't 
no one who randomly knows I'm friends with her is like, you need to get Helen on the podcast. But anyone who has met Helen is like, Helen needs to be on the podcast. I always thought Helen should have been an influencer because her life, oh God, the way she lives her life is so amazing. Like I'm, I'm not gonna be like, I'm inspired by her every day. But God, like if a person could be a mood board, she'd be a mood board. She's a vibe and a half. She is listening right now, right at the second she's listening and probably blushing. Helen, are you blushing? You cutie. Yeah, so loads of people want me to do an episode with Helen. So we're gonna give the people what they want. We're gonna do an episode together. We might even like record 87,000. Cause like, so much fun. I do want to get back into doing episodes with other people. Like, it doesn't have to be a deep dive into your like most traumatic time in your life. It doesn't even have to be, like you don't even have to talk about anything like super revealing. Cause I know some people are terrified that I'm gonna be like, so tell me about your worst sex experience. Cause I did that with Eve. But like Eve and I are sisters, okay? Like we'd gone through what questions she was comfortable answering beforehand. I worked in PR girlies. I know how to proof interview questions. So don't worry. And you won't be asking anything uncomfortable. And the beauty of a podcast and not live radio, as if I would be on live radio. The beauty of a podcast is I can delete shit. One time I had deleted a whole episode. Yeah, because my guest was like, nope, nope, not comfy. And I was like, sure, fuck it. We'll delete it. Don't worry about it. So yeah, I want to interview you. It can be on any topic that you find of interest. If you don't think you have a topic of interest, I'll figure one out for you. Like I'll figure one out. So this is a warning that if you are a listener of this podcast, you can be on this podcast, but also I will just start texting people. I've already texted a few people to be like, be on my podcast. Okay, not that aggressive. I wasn't that aggressive, I swear. But no, someone literally was like, how's the podcast going? And I was like, be on it. Maybe a bit, maybe a bit aggressive. I'm building an empire. I need to be aggressive. It's not an empire. What the fuck was I even going? Like, where was this? I had this because I have, I planned them all out on my phone, like what I'm gonna talk about. And I was like, you should do it like an ad. That's right, I talk back to myself. I was like, you should do it like an ad. So I was gonna be like, do you wanna be on the podcast? Here's the thing, I wasn't bothered to write a script for myself, so I just fucking rambled it. But yeah, if you wanna be on the podcast, send me a DM or I will DM you. You don't have a choice, I'm sorry. I will just randomly DM you. Even if we've had a massive falling out, I might just DM you and say, be on my podcast, you're so entertaining. You're gas, give the people what they want. Yell at me on recording. I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, one person who will never be on the podcast is Michal. No, you don't want to hear him. No, he'll never be on it. I'd rather have my ex on it than Michal. Oh my God, was that a good segue? Have I just done an excellent segue? Oh my God, girls, she's just done a segue. That's right, we're gonna talk about my ex again because maybe we need to issue, not an apology, not a, this was wrong. Just like a clarification. Yeah, we're gonna do a bit of a clarification. Yeah, cause... Where do I start the story? So if you listened to last week's episode, both of them, that's right. I did too. So if you didn't listen, go back and listen. Fuck's sake. No, so last week's episode, I mentioned that it was my ex's birthday and he was having a party and I was like, why would I be invited? We're not friends. And then in the second episode, I was like, girls, I got invited. I got the text. Yeah, I have to issue a clarification. I don't want people thinking I hate him. I actually don't hate him. I went to his party. It wasn't a party. I went to his pre-drinks. I was in his house. It was grand. So weird being in his house. Sorry, his mom and dad walked, they arrived home at one point. They arrived home and they walked into the room because his kitchen is like a massive kitchen come diner no come diner come sitting 
it's like a big open plant house anyway and they walk into the room and guys I almost sat on top of the stove and burnt myself alive I'm not even joking I tried I was opening cupboards to see if I would fit in them that's the problem with anorexia recovery you can't fit in presses anymore to hide from your ex-boyfriend's parents uh, I hid behind Niall. Me and Sean were doing a great job hiding me. You're probably like, why do you need to hide? They don't like me, okay? Mm, that's not true. One of them doesn't like me. Uh, and Niall was like, well, yeah, you broke her son's heart. Oh, that just proves who it is. Anyway, and I was like, yeah, you broke her son's heart. Of course she doesn't like you. And I was like, I actually didn't. And secondly, she didn't like me beforehand. So anyway, I kind of loved, not loved that. It made me really anxious. But then I was always like, ha ha, it's gonna be my house that we spent every holiday in. And it was because it was the only house. No, I actually liked his house. Anyway, Stan, get to the point. Also, his dog. How do I tell the story actually without? Anyway, his dog in groups, his dog's not a normal dog. In groups of people, she wouldn't come near me. She was like, no, no, no. One point I was alone in the hallway, not in the entire house. I was alone. She came right up to me. She fucking loves me. She's just playing hard to get. Anyway, so yeah, I went to his party and I was mainly going to see Niall. Niall with two L's. There was two people called Niall there, one with one L. I don't understand how that makes your name not nail we were standing outside smoking and I was like so is your name nail then and everyone was like no Suzanne it's still Niall and I was like how and then Sean Murphy was like well because the I and the A and I was like mm, I'm not getting it mm, makes no sense but anyway we moved on yeah so I mainly went to see Niall O'Connor oh name drop I've just name dropped Niall who I haven't seen in genuinely like four years it was so long. He was like, when's the last time I saw you? He was like, I didn't even know if you were alive or not. He doesn't know that I tried to kill myself. So that was really funny. No, he doesn't actually. I was like, maybe he does. No, he doesn't. He was like, when's the last time I even saw you? And I was like, I'm pretty sure you last saw me when you were seeing such and such. And he's had a girlfriend for like three years. So let's do the maths there. Oh, maybe it's just like a year. I actually don't know. I don't know how long. Anyway, you're probably like, why did you want to see this person? who you haven't seen in four years, who has a girlfriend, like, what are you getting out of this? He is the most wonderful, bewildered person in the world. He always looks confused. And I scare the shit out of him. He is, like, terrified of me. And it's ever since we've, ever since I've known Niall, he's been, like, scared of me. It's my own fault. Like, I, I, we joke. He is a funny guy. He's very fun to chat to. However, I do make it awkward. He's a med student. And I was literally like, well, you've been inside dead people. I really enjoy it, though. I think it's because I'm so, like, I'm a bit of a dopamine addict and I get such a buzz off Niall being confused, lost, uncomfortable. He probably hates me. Niall probably hates me. I don't blame him. For ages, people, I don't want to say people talk shit about Niall. Niall can be a bit of a dickhead. We love you, Niall. And I was always defending him. I was like, he is the funniest fucker in the world. He is so funny. Which then led to me always ending up talking about him being like, guys, Niall's class and before I arrived Michal was like oh my god Suzanne will, Suzanne's so excited to see you and he was like why but like it's I can't explain it he has a girlfriend and I'm I'm not like I'm not attracted to Niall Niall looks just like me he's got a big ginger beard uh we used to have the same bone structure we don't anymore because Suzanne's thick and juicy yeah a lot of respect for Niall I'm such a weirdo but yeah so I went to my ex-boyfriend's party I made Michal walk out to meet me and walk me like in the driveway it's a big long scary driveway and I don't like walking it because you, you like you're in, you're intentionally walking into that driveway like you can't, you don't just like stumble upon the house the house is down a very long dark driveway so I made Michal walk out and Michal's like people are gonna think that you like need need me and I was like I don't give a fuck I don't give a fuck we can only have a joke because there was or will I yeah I'll say this bit now I'm I am going to say a very redeeming things about my ex after but anyway there was a time my ex was a dickhead and very publicly a dickhead uh Suzanne was upset by this and Michal asked a friend of mine he goes oh Suzanne okay 
and this friend goes one thing about Suzanne she doesn't want anyone to think she cares at the time so not wrong so not wrong feels a bit weird that that is what was said because it came it came up like la it came up last week when Sean and Michal were over for the takeaway that's right tying it back to last week they were talking about that and I was like how did nobody know that I had like emotional issues I was like I was so I was a bear with a sore head after that like I was angry I was so mean to everyone and Michal and Sean were like they no, weren't and I was like okay I've been told I was horrible not by my ex because he wasn't there by this friend I was like oh I was I thought I was like angriest fucker alive and he was like no I think you're being gaslit there he's like that definitely didn't happen I literally walked into the room and you're like hello darling I used to do that before me and Michal were friends he was best friends with my ex and this was in my phase of I can control everything I'm anorexic as fuck she's not mentally well she doesn't want to be perceived as a loser so for some reason I called everyone darling hello darling that's what I used to do whenever I saw him so Michal was like maybe maybe you were he was like maybe that is an indication that you have emotional issues you know your ex was something shitty and you're literally like hello darling how are you sorry uh you can hear my dogs barking throughout this it's because my neighbor is shearing his shrubs I don't think shearing is the correct word but I can't think of another one so where the fuck are we going with this story I figured out where I should where I've gone wrong okay so Niall probably hates me Grant who cares I'll still annoy the shit out of him forever so let's move on to my ex-boyfriend who might also hate me. I don't think he does. Yet again, I don't think he's listening. But I do want to clarify, I don't hate him. <laughs> People probably do think I do because I talk very poorly about him publicly. I don't talk that bad. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Like, things I'm saying in private are way worse. Joking. But like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hype my ex-boyfriend up publicly. Ew, gross. What do you want me to do? Write your dating app profile? No, not happening. But... I'm also kind of like, I don't want people to think that like, obviously my self-esteem was so low at the time. So like anything nice was like amazing. But like I did, I, I did end up putting him on a pedestal for a reason. Okay. Like I wasn't like accepting shitty behavior all the time. Cause he was actually a good boyfriend when he was my boyfriend, when he was my ex-boyfriend. Well, obviously he was a bad boyfriend as an ex-boyfriend, but like, anyway, so here are the redeeming qualities about him. In opposition to last week, he wasn't terrible. I just want to clarify that. I don't, the bullet points I've written, because I wrote these, I wrote these, I think, on a come down. So the bullet points are really weird. So first bullet point, in opposition to last week. Second bullet point, my ex wasn't terrible. Why aren't they just one sentence, Suzanne? This was the first thing that I was like, wow, this guy, he's amazing. We met on like a week away on a college thing, a uh, college holiday. I don't know. Anyway, we met on this thing. I got, well, it was a week long. It was in summertime and I got tonsillitis at the end of the week and I was really sick. Like I was vomiting. I had a really, <laughs> I had a really bad fever and Sarah and Lammy put me to bed and within five minutes of being in bed, I was asleep on Sarah. Good times. Thank you so much, Sarah, for letting me sleep on you this just shows how low my standards were he didn't leave me when I was sick <laughs> he didn't leave me when I was sick to me I was like whoa this guy's a saint because there was someone else that I had been like low-key into and this guy because because he didn't leave me oh shit wait be let me I'll delete that because my ex it's I've only had one ex everyone knows who it is because my ex didn't leave me when I was sick like he he came <laughs> he kept checking up on me he was going out drinking but like he would come back to the house check on me say hi so stupid there's always a shortage of beds 
when they go when we go away and I was still like wow how sweet he still came back to sleep in the same bed as me oh my god this guy's a saint so probably not like the best point but still I had very low standards at the time and I thought that was like saint behavior for some reason I have the bullet point of he was my friend what he was never my friend like we were never friends like we went from seeing like I didn't know him beforehand then we started seeing each other but then he was my boyfriend within like a week he okay there was a space of time it wasn't actually within a week we did go from not talking to being boyfriend and girlfriend within a week though ew 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 she can tie a man down no she can't she really can't she was on drugs at the time i was i was on drugs when he asked me out and i was like yeah totally and then i like went up to sarah. this was on a night out went up to sarah told her and i was like i can't tell anyone though you'll have to put it in the group chat for me i can't tell people that's really embarrassing Anyway, back to why he was a good boyfriend. Oh, he took all the orange Skittles out of a packet for me. Like, out of a big packet. But, like, share bag. He took all the orange ones out for me. I'm allergic to oranges. So, orange flavouring, orange colouring, actual oranges. I'm allergic to all of those. And it really annoys me when I'm, like, eating skittles or jellies or something where i can't just like put my hand in the bag and take out whatever i want like i always have to look yeah so he took all the skittles out for me i think that's really sweet i like loved that and i was like oh my fucking god i'll say this one which is this is the i think this is what he marks as his like best occasion occasion i don't know so there was a time when i was kept in hospital after surgery i wasn't supposed to be kept in but like the surgery didn't go as planned i had to be kept in it was supposed to be a day procedure. I ended up having to be kept in because I couldn't move my legs after the surgery because of the nerves being burnt and stuff. Anyway, good times. And I was really sad. I didn't even have a phone charger because I wasn't supposed to be kept in. So I had like a phone that was going to die. I was in loads of pain. I kept crying because I was on loads of morphine because I was in loads of pain and I couldn't walk. My mom was my mom was outside in like the waiting room being like, why can't I take her home? What's going on? Me crying, being like, I need to take my antidepressants. Like I didn't get to take them this morning. I need my antidepressants. And the nurses are like, you need something, love. So I was really sad on this occasion. Really sad because I'm really sore. I'm being kept in hospital. I hate staying in hospital. You know yourself. And my mom sends me in. My mom goes home, comes back, sends me in my, my charger, pajamas, all the rest. So that bag's delivered up to me because you're not, at, at, this was during COVID. So like you're not actually allowed into the hospital. Obviously she was to like pick me up, but then she was only allowed in then to drop me stuff. She wasn't actually allowed to come up to the ward to see me. Get to the fucking story. Anyway, first time I was dropped up by my nurse and then uh, a man in a suit walks up to me, comes up to me in my bed and he's like, Suzanne Moody? I was like, yes. And he was like, oh, I have a, I have a bag for you. And I, I saw this blue rucksack and I was like, that's not my bag. I don't own that bag. I don't use rucksacks. Not my vibe. Like it was like a backpack. I was like, I don't own that. That's not mine. And he was like, oh, like it was handed in. It's got your name on it. Are you sure it's not yours? And I was like, uh, no, I'm not sure because like I'm on drugs and I'm lying here. I don't know if it is mine. Like maybe my mom has found this random bag. So he was like, oh, like he was like, well, we'll we see what what's inside. And I was like, sure. Convinced this man was giving me someone else's bag. And out comes this is actually am I a sap for telling this story to the world? Don't care. And out he pulls this red blanket. So my ex had a blanket that my ex didn't use but I always took the blanket because I find blankets so fucking comforting. I love a blanket, but like he didn't care about it, but I loved it. Loved it so fucking much. And the guy pulls out this red blanket and it's my ex's blanket. And I was like, ah, yay. Cried, was crying at this poor receptionist who had just been like, I just had to drop a bag. Oh, for fuck's sake, this girl's difficult. He sent me, I think he sent me a blanket, a hoodie. He sent me all the stuff that I steal off. Really sweet. Okay, 
Another redeeming factor. Oh, he always encouraged me to eat but never pressured me. That's a really good skill. He sat with me in Elephant Castle while I cried over a sandwich. Like, I don't know if I could sit with someone while they cry over a sandwich. I'd be so fucking like, ew, pull yourself together. No, he's, 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 that was a good, he was a good guy. You know, if you have an eating disorder, go out with him. Uh, he will, uh, help you not continue your eating disorder. But yeah, I make you feel better about eating. Oh, my favorite song. He got a turn, he got my favorite song made into a music box like a music box of my favorite song see this is what i think is the sweetest thing but i don't know oh no wait there's better ones lower down <laughs> okay so there's another time i had surgery i have had a lot of surgery in my life because i have a funky womb who hates me and she requires a lot of upkeep it takes a lot to look this good guys and part of that is having your womb cleaned out every like six months hey oh anyway so I had surgery one time. I went home after it. And I was like sleeping on the couch because I couldn't, you can't like walk upstairs and stuff. So I was like sleeping on my couch. All my family had to go into work the next day. Like usually we try and arrange my surgeries at like Friday so that the weekend, the next two days, my parents can like take care of me while I'm on bed rest. But this was an emergency one. Yeah, this was an emergency. Like I went to the doctors on, on Saturday. He's like, you need to come in on Monday morning to get this fixed first surgery of the day. I'm usually the first or the last surgery of the day because I have the latex allergy, which is very handy until an emergent patient comes in and then fuck me, I'm the last surgery of the fucking day and it's so annoying. Anyhow, I had this emergency surgery, but then all my family were in work and my mom had a volunteer to take a day off to mind me, but my ex was like, no, it's grand. I'll go over, I'll mind her for the day. So he did college work while I was lying on my couch crippled high as hell on morphine that's right i got the tablets high as hell and then what did i do i started crying over losing a fictional baby and he had to comfort me through this now he did not like i was mentally ill at this point obviously i'm crying over losing a fictional baby i don't know how nobody knew though i was nuts like he had a feeling there he knew everyone knew i was depressed he had a feeling i was a bit there was something not adding up he thought I could, like, you know, I've, I think a few people had speculations, like him and my dad, I think had speculations about, you know, being psychotic or schizophrenic or bipolar, like, as in they couldn't understand how I was crying over losing a fictional baby. Yeah, I fully believed, and I didn't, I don't, I didn't remember this until after the fact. It wasn't until he told me, like, weeks later that I was crying over losing a fictional baby. I woke up from a dream. I was asleep and I woke up and I started crying and I started apologizing to him for being like, I'm so sorry I lost our baby. I'm infertile. He knows this. So like, anyway, sorry. <laughs> okay. Now, here are the good bits. <laughs> the good bits. The rest of that, that's just fluff. Here's what I most appreciate my ex for. He kept me alive. Okay. I don't know how to explain that. And people are probably like, oh, so you did, tr you did try and kill yourself because you guys broke up. No, no. Broke up with him because... I was gonna kill myself but he kept me alive longer than I had the willpower to stay alive I would have offed myself uh, months earlier uh one day I called him crying and I was like I can't fucking do college anymore like I just can't do this I think I'm gonna I think I'm just gonna have to kill myself like I actually and like it wasn't me being like haha gonna kill myself I was seriously contemplating it because college was scaring me so much and I was calling him and I was freaking out and he was just like drop out you know you can drop out like that is no one's going to think less of you and all these things and honestly it hadn't even crossed my mind to drop out it hadn't because I think because my sisters you know my four sisters everyone around me was doing college was finishing college was doing all those things so for me to drop out I was like I can't drop out what would people think 
and I didn't even think of it like I didn't to me it wasn't an option because and there was no pressure my parents didn't care I don't think my parents ever really expected me to go to college so I was on the phone to him and he was like right drop out drop out of college it's not worth losing your life over that night he came over just so I could sleep I, I used him to sleep because I didn't feel safe I would only so one night I didn't I hadn't slept for like three days like I might have got I might have gotten like on and off an hour he came over the night of the toy show <laughs> to watch the toy show with my parents god he was a saint for putting up with me <laughs> that was the first time I slept in ages <laughs> I've, I just he was watching the toy show with my parents and I was asleep on top of him the poor guy I feel so bad for him and um, but yeah he came over the night that I decided to drop out of college just so I would sleep because also I think he was really freaked that I was gonna like kill myself or something and he like sat with me to tell my parents god I was so dramatic telling my parents I was like guys don't be mad I think I'm gonna drop out and Beth was probably Beth was probably like yeah no shit she hasn't attended any lecture this year mum is doing all of her college work mum and Helen are doing her college work no shit she should drop out she can't do this because Beth was the only one working from home so she was probably like yeah no shit but my parents were really supportive about it my parents were like yeah fair enough obviously and it was the first time I really that was the first time I let them know exactly how they knew I was they knew I had suicidal thoughts that was the first time I told them about like I have a plan and they were like fuck and that's when like action stations were hit or whatever but that was months before I actually took the overdose so he kept me alive a lot longer not just because on that one occasion like he talked me down off the ladder a few times I'd say but also he just kept me alive because he was my favorite person and he was making he could make me happy no one else could like literally no one else could because I was so deep into my depression that only him and I wasn't necessarily even happy the whole time like I used to cry all the time and he just had to put up with it <laughs> and I used to always be like you should break up with me and he was like okay no do you know how bad of a person I would be if I was just like you're depressed goodbye no he was really good which is probably why I was like when he was going through depression after I was still depressed as well but like after i attempt suicide and then obviously he started going through a hard time then I was like right my turn I'll support him I'm just not as I just wasn't as good at it as he was but that's because he was my favorite person like I had a literal dopamine high every time I saw him and because he was my favorite person it meant that I was able to like I literally would not get out of bed unless he was coming over or I, I was going to his house like I wouldn't get out of bed I wouldn't shower I wouldn't brush my teeth I wouldn't eat I wouldn't like I wouldn't do anything I wouldn't take care of myself unless he was coming over or I was going to his house I'm not joking I'm like I because I, and as soon as he would leave I would just sink back in I remember because uh, I hated meeting up with people I was severely underweight by December and I was I was at my wit's end like December was rough and obviously at December that's when everyone's on holidays from college like Christmas exams are over so like you're meeting up with people and I didn't want to meet up with anyone but I didn't want to I was literally only seeing Lara and my ex-boyfriend everyone I was only seeing family so my four sisters my godmother my parents my ex-boyfriend boyfriend at the time and Lara and when Larry Larry used to be like we'd meet up and you were terrifying to meet up with like she was like I was scared for you every time I saw you because I would go out four hoodies massive tracksuits a massive coat my dad's coat I'd be wearing a hat scarf and like I know it's December but like Lara was like I could literally only see your eyes you wouldn't show anything about yourself yeah she was like it was you were so unwell it was so scary to hang out with you and I was like uh so fair so fair I was a mess and I would only meet up with people after dark what what I would only meet up with people after dark as in sorry 
I'd only meet up with Lara after dark because I didn't want to be seen and because COVID was still happening. You're like walking around and she was getting ready to move to France. So, because I was given permission, my doctors had cleared me to break COVID restrictions because my doctor was like, no, do you know what? COVID's not going to be the thing that kills her. Herself is. She needs to see people. So like I literally had a certificate to be like, if I was stopped by the guards, to be like, boom, booyah, on Garda Shiakana, I am allowed because I will kill myself. Woohoo, mental health. Anyway, yeah, so I was only seeing Lara, my ex-boyfriend and family. And all these people would have to come to my house or I would go to there. I would go to, like, I was either being driven, stop saying his name, I was either being driven to my ex-boyfriend's house, walked to meet up with Lara. Yeah, because I wasn't being left alone anywhere. I was never alone because I was so, I was, I would have acted on my terrible, terrible thoughts. And then it just all got too much for me and I decided, fuck it, I will, I just need to, I'm, I'm, I'm drowning all these people. Like it wasn't, it was guilt and shame that drove me to it in the end because I was like, oh my God, I'm destroying these wonderful people. And I got really angry one day because this is what I was supposed to get at. One day I met up with two people that I used to be friends with. I met up with them because my mum was like, do it. My mum was like, please, please meet up with these people. Like these are your good friends. Please meet up with them. You need to, you need to do this. So my mum dropped me down to their house. There, we were meeting in one of the girls' houses. My mum dropped me down to her house and my mum was like, I will be back in an hour. You just have to stay an hour. And um, I don't, not not bad I'm not like saying this is bad on the, the friends because I don't think they understood what I was they didn't understand what I was going through but they were literally like how is it less stressful to go to your boyfriend's house than it is to come here like how is it less stressful to hang out with your boyfriend than it is to hang out with us and I was like because my boyfriend doesn't ask me these sorts of questions yes basically they made me feel very bad about the fact that I was only hanging out with my boyfriend or Lara I was in I was severely depressed I wasn't getting out of bed unless my boyfriend was coming over like I was severely depressed obviously it's like that TikTok sound it's like oh my god people get so depressed they can't brush their teeth People get so depressed, they kill themselves. Me, that was literally me. I wasn't brush, I couldn't even brush my teeth. And I, and I tried to kill myself, so. But no, he kept me alive. I think I've just spent 20 minutes saying he kept me alive. Like, there was obvious, there was definite lows within the relationship. There was times where we, like, had a fight, where we'd have a fight or something. But he was a very good boyfriend. I recommend you all go out and date him. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, the post-breakup wasn't, our post-breakup behavior wasn't good. But I don't think I, I don't think I actually could have done it any differently. Like, basically, I'm just trying to say, like, I don't hate him. I th- I've spent half an hour being like, I don't hate you. He's not listening. But I just, the guilt, I don't know. Particularly because I was at his, I was celebrating his birthday with him. So it's kind of a bit rich. In the previous podcast, if I was like, we're not friends. We are friends. We actually, I don't want to say we discussed this at his party. Because, like, we didn't discuss it at his party. But someone asked. I know exactly, actually, I know exactly who asked me. But I won't name and shame them. Somebody asked me. They were like, so what's the deal with you two? And I was like, we're friends. Yeah, we don't talk. We don't hang out. We don't do anything that friends do. But I wouldn't say he's a friend. I don't want him to, like, because imagine if he was, like, not a friend. Imagine he was an enemy. He knows way too much about me. Like, scary. The amount of stuff he knows. Like, he knows all my insecurities. I do not want that person as an enemy. But I'm not saying that he would, like, use any of those things against me. But what I'm trying, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is, yes, we are friends. No, we're not, like, actively friends. Does that make sense? Like, I like him as a person. Sometimes. And obviously, like, he's so lucky to be friends with me. I'm amazing. 
am I a loser? Am I a massive loser for doing this? Oh god, I'm a massive loser. Okay, like I know I've just recorded this and I know I still don't technically have to put it out, but I don't want to have to do, I don't want to have to talk about something else for a different half an hour. You're getting that. You're getting that content. I'm so sorry. Oh, I just, I'm a loser. Stop talking about your ex. Move on. Get a life, loser. Loser. Ew. Don't be friends with your exes. It's embarrassing. You are a trash bag, Suzanne. Be friends with other people. You've so many other people to be friends with. Oh, loser. Anyway. Okay, next segment. Moving on, moving on swiftly. So today in therapy, me and my therapist, we, I do the form of therapy where, you know, we have like a conversation. It's not just like me presenting to someone. It's, she's not a therapist that goes, mm, yes. Mm, mm-hmm. Like she's not doing that. Because like when you start having a therapist, Therapists, I don't want to say they're kind of like prostitutes, but as in like you get to decide the formatting, like you get to decide what way you're going to do it. Like some therapists will be like, no, this is the only way I work. And personally, I kind of think that you're a bad therapist if you're not willing to change your methods depending on your patients. And on my first, on my first meeting with my therapist, she was like, okay, and what, you've done a lot of therapy in the past, you know, you've been doing this since you were 11, what works for you? And I was like, well, honestly, this is the first time I've ever been asked my preferred type of therapy. This is the first time I've actually done therapy in a rational headspace. As in, I'm not in a depressive episode right now. As in a prolonged depressive episode. And I am not... Or like, I'm being properly medicated right now, which has never happened before. <laughs> Particularly not with therapy as well. Uh, anytime I've been getting therapy in the past, I've not been... I've either not been medicated, over-medicated, or incorrectly medicated. I think that's about... <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, all of the above. Like at 12, I was put on Prozac and I think it was too high of a dosage. It wasn't even high. I wasn't high enough of a dosage to actually fix what was going on. But it was too high of a dosage for my dangerously fragile body. And then since then, I've been on a myriad of other drugs. They did a lot of, I don't want to say like experimentation of what drugs were right for me because there are no specific drugs for borderline personality disorder. So I'm currently on drugs that are targeted towards because obviously it depends on your symptoms and stuff for what drugs you should, would be on. But I'm on uh, medication for bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. Schizophrenia. I don't actually know how you pronounce it. I was I was literally in paths for supervision to see if I had borderline. No, to see if I, they actually ruled, sorry, they ruled out borderline personality disorder before I went into PATS. And I was being sent into PATS for observation to see if I had bipolar disorder or schizophrenia. Phrenia. Phrenia? Phrenia. Not sure. I didn't tell a lot of people that about that at the time. Like, because a lot of people were like, you're coping, you're doing grand. What are you talking about? But it's because I presented to the hospital in a, not just in a manic episode, in a psychotic episode, which had been happening for ages. I had just never gone to the, the hospital when I was in one, when I was having one. And I always referred to them as breakdowns. I was always calling them breakdowns, but they were, they were psychotic episodes. I was hallucinating and communicating with these hallucinations and oh yeah and actually like I found since admitting that I have hallucinations they got worse after I admitted it I think it was because I had been holding it in I've been holding it in since I was 16 that I've been hallucinating no one knew not my best friends not my parents not my sisters no one I didn't tell anyone the first person I told was my ex-boyfriend oh there he is again mentioning him again and he didn't understand it at first but I wasn't explaining it well but like I was I couldn't I would refuse to sleep in his house some nights because I would hear someone standing outside the door calling for me. Sorry, is that not so scary? And they wouldn't just say, Suzanne, 
Suzanne, Suzanne. It'd be like, here, piggy, piggy, piggy. Here, piggy, piggy, piggy. Coming to get you, piggy. And then at certain points I would hallucinate someone standing over me. Terrifying. How do I do it? Why do I get on these weird rabbit trails? Rabbit holes. I hate these rabbit holes I go down. Because I then have to edit out so much. I have, I've been doing this piece. Oh God. I think I've recorded like an hour worth on this piece. And I just have to keep deleting it. Because I'm just going down random rabbit holes. Anyway. Fuck off Suzanne. Stop talking about the rabbit holes. That's a rabbit hole. What I'm trying to get at is currently I'm with a therapist who we have an open dialogue with, an open conversation. She can ask me any question. Obviously, it's usually to do with like the topic we're on, but like I need someone to work out the problem with. I need someone who will assist me in that because I don't do, I can't just present to you. If I could do that, I probably wouldn't be as messed up in my head, but I need someone who's going to tease out these problems. I'm very articulate in therapy and I think that's because I've had so much practice since I was a child and learning that saying my head feels funny doesn't really cut it they just put you on meds then anyway so my therapist and I we did this exercise today where we both we both wrote down our biggest insecurity and it was to do with our bodies because I've done loads of work on body insecurity obviously and I've I've found some things that do work and I find things that don't work through this and today we were writing down, both we both wrote down on a sheet of paper our biggest insecurity about our body. So I was asked, what is the one thing that no matter how much therapy you go to, if you saw every doctor in the world, if you tried every technique, what is the one thing you think you will never be at peace with about your body? You will always be insecure. You will always hate this thing about it. What is the one thing? I'm not going to tell you what I wrote down. I love you all. You're not getting that out of me because it's, to me, it's like my cheat codes. To me, it is like, that is my Achilles heel. If someone turned around and said back to me what was on that sheet of paper, I would actually, like, that would drive me to suicide. I can't, I can't explain it any more than that. It's kind of like it's my deepest shame. And it's scary that there is a part of me that I'm so ashamed of that someone said it back to me. If someone pointed that out. Because it's not, it's not necessarily someone going, your arm. It's not if someone was like, look at your arm. There's, you know, it wouldn't, that's not what it is. It is a specific phrasing and everything. So I wrote this down on my sheet of paper and I folded mine up and my therapist did the same. She wrote hers down, she folded it up. And then she said, now, with how do you feel having that in your hand? And she was like looking at my body language and we were analyzing how I was holding it, how I acted around this, this sheet of paper. Like it's a sheet of paper and it just has my deepest insecurity written down on it. Oh, fuck I was I didn't know I held it against the sheet of paper but I held it like flat down so like there was no hope that she if the light changed she could like see it and then we swapped we swapped these we swapped our pieces of paper and she said how do you feel holding mine and I was like I feel there's a I feel like I have this weird power over you and I'm terrified that you are going to look like I was I didn't necessarily know that she wouldn't I had a I had a hope and I had a feeling she wouldn't look at it but you never actually know. Now then she handed this piece of paper back to me and I originally when she asked me what I would do with this piece of paper I originally said oh I'd burn it. I would burn my piece of paper. I'd hide it. Tear it up. Shred it. I don't want it to be found. And then when I was given her she asked me what I would do with hers and I kind of similarly was like I would I would make sure that it never got into someone else's hands I would never want anyone to see it I don't want to see it because because I know how I know how much my piece of paper means to me that I wouldn't 
I wouldn't do that to you. And I was like, but I think I would destroy this so that I couldn't have it or no one else could have it. And she explained how she wanted to protect mine, how she felt more instead of like destroying it, she felt like she needed to keep it safe, private, but safe. Not hide it though, but keep it in a private place where it wouldn't be found, but she's not hiding it because that's giving shame, that's giving power to this insecurity. She gave him back my piece of it. We then, we swapped back and straight away she crumpled hers like crumpled up up in her hands she had held mine like very delicately and I took mine and I kept it at a bit of a distance from myself I wasn't ever holding it close to me and I've put it I put it in my coat pocket and I have to decide what to do with it now I have to decide whether I burn it what I do with this deepest insecurity of mine because this is the thing that I believe I will never be cured of I have to figure out none it's not necessarily I have to figure out what to do with the piece of paper I have to figure out how I could live in a world where I would be okay with it. I I couldn't change this. This is, I couldn't change a thing. If this thing was a fact, if this was real forever, how would I come about living with it? How would I come about living with this if everyone could see that part of me too? If everyone knew about it, if everyone, how do I continue to live with that? I'm struggling a bit. I feel like I need to write an essay or something. I need to mind dump that much like I need to get I don't know what to do I I'm a fixer I like having solutions to things I am lost with this one I don't know what to do because I don't know I don't know how I would live in the world if if everyone knew this thing about me and I'm never going to I never I never want to live in a world if everyone knew this about me I've never I and it's so ridiculous because like there is now a piece of paper that has that written down and someone could find it if someone acts it like if I leave it in my coat pocket someone could put on my coat pocket they could open up this piece of paper they read it they go that's Suzanne's handwriting oh my god why is Suzanne written down about this I'll ask her about it and poof I'm freaked for life you know what I mean it's it's in my coat pocket it's in my room right now but I don't want to take it out of my coat pocket I don't know where to put it because I don't want to find it someday like it's I'm really scared. It's so stupid. If anyone else is listening to this, I'm sorry. Like this very much is the ramblings of a crazy person. Oh, fuck it. But yeah, if anyone has any solutions, if anyone else is just, if any, if anyone has come to terms with one of their biggest insecurities that they can't change, will you please tell me? Because it is actually an insecurity I can't change. It's not like I can't just get a nose job to fix it. It is, it's an unfixable problem. And I feel like there's, God, now I feel like I'm making people speculate about what I'm most insecure about, which means people are thinking of all the things wrong with me. Christ, this is, this was a terrible thing to talk about. I am picking terrible topics today. Okay, moving on because Christ, I can't, I can't keep going with that one. Jesus. Okay, so also tying back to last week's episode, the last episode, four and a half, it didn't get a she's title because it was a half. I was talking about dating apps. I never mentioned one of my favorite things when I go back on dating apps. Every time I go back on dating apps, I have these, I have these four or five people, I don't know how many there are, four or five that I always rematch with because you know how after time it like resets because I don't create a new account every time but it does reset like the the same people always will come back up again if you say no to someone they will appear again just want you to know that if you said yes to someone and they appear again on your page they said no to you I shouldn't have to explain that I think everyone knows that so I have these like four or five that always come up and I have favorites my current favorite is Connor I can say that oh shit no someone that I talk to on a dating app is not going to listen to this podcast I need to relax I really need to chill anyway Connor's my current favorite because 
they, I don't know if they like understand my routine or whatever, these favourites of mine, these ones that I always rematch with, but like they always are like, ah, back again, you know, that sort of thing. But Connor's my current favourite. I think it's because everyone else, no, Sophie didn't, all my older sisters have dated a Connor. No, sorry. Or like have gone to Deb's, like as in have had, I don't want to say a thing because poor Amy, but like they've had a something to do with a Connor. Beth dated one, Eve dated one, or Eve, yeah, Eve dated one. Amy went to Deb's with one. I don't know what Sophie's connection, I don't know what Sophie did. Sophie went to primary school with one. I went to primary school with one, but like, no, me and Sophie don't really have a Connor connection, I don't think. Anyway, but like, there's always been this thing. Maybe it's because my two biological sisters have Connors in their past. And I'm like, oh my God, this is what I'm missing out on. If I get a Connor, I'll be the same as them. I've always kind of wanted a Connor. I've always thought that's a good name. Now, Lara, when we were younger, Lara picked the names she Lara decided I was gonna marry someone called Malachi or Alistair or Belvedere like she was picking these mad posh names Arthur you know but it was mostly Malachi and Alistair which kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies now kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies now I never met anyone called Malachi up at that point when Lara was picking these things and now I've met two of them they're out there there are people called Malachi I had no idea I thought it was like I don't know anyway but I've I've kind of I've decided I want a Connor now I'm not saying I'll take this Connor I'm not saying that but that's my current (laughs) I don't I don't even have a crush on him I think it's just I like the name Connor because I'm like wow great name the family you're able to pronounce it you know yourself my family mm, I feel bad for me and my sisters none of us can bring anybody home anymore because my parents loved my ex too much. It's my own fault. I got obsessed with him. I'm talking about him again. Who knows? But like me and my sister, I don't think anyone's going to bring anyone home since. Eve brought an English person home one time. Bad call. Beth brought a boy home that my parents have known since he was like four years old. So like, obviously he was well liked. Eve's brought another boy home, but like we never really saw him. He like popped his head through the door. Never saw. I saw him because I walked in on them. Oh God, not in a bad way. There isn't, there's no good way to walk in. I didn't know what I walked in on. The room was dark. I didn't see anything. Relax, guys. It was in the sitting room. Like, what the fuck, guys? So now that I've added myself as a creepy voyeur, I'm not actually a voyeur, guys. It's fine. Stop. I'm not. This is probably a great time for me to move on to the next ad that I have. This ad by Suzanne Moody. I can't say it's sponsored. Fuck, I've just said it. Because like Instagram, if you even joke me, like jokingly say sponsored by, they then red flag it and they're like, need to see details. And you're like, fuck off. This ad is by Suzanne Moody for Suzanne Moody, approved by Suzanne Moody. Hi, my name is Suzanne Moody. And I have the self-control, actually I have great self-control. I have the self-motivation of a loser. I I am am a loser. loser. Okay, ad's over guys, it's fucking depressing, I don't like it. Basically, um, I used to do Pilates with, it was me and my mum and my godmother and Amy. So like, it was a nice family thing, you know? And then, so they're no longer doing it. And that's fair enough, because like, it wasn't very challenging. Like it was, it wasn't, the, I, I wasn't really, it wasn't pushing us to our highest level and whatever. I no longer, because if it's just me and Avril and Eve, Eve's going to take it up with us. But I won't have the self-motivation to go. I have, I don't feel guilty cancelling. Well, I do feel guilty, but I don't feel as guilty cancelling on my mum and my sister because they'll have each other their grand to go by themselves like they don't need me to go with them while as like I felt bad if I didn't go because then like Amy was stuck listening to our moms talk about I don't know soup or like knitting I don't know what our moms talk about okay woman things 
And like it was a nice catch up time with Amy. But Eve, I feel bad because I think Eve thinks that I don't want to go now because of her. But it's not because of that. I won't because I know I won't go. There's no point in me signing up to go because I won't go every Thursday. I'll just be like, no, I need a gym buddy. I need, because also Amy has Sophie now as her gym buddy. They're working out together. Now, I don't necessarily want to do the, I don't want to do the classes they're doing. They told me I could go with them. No, 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 no. I just want someone who's going to go to the gym at the same time as me. I don't want to do the same stuff as you. I don't have the same resistance as you guys. And lots of people don't understand the fact that I can't do a lot of workout stuff because of my abdomen, my stomach, because it will start bleeding. It's gross. So I can't do loads of stuff. And like sometimes I just need to stop and not do them. But I need someone who goes to the gym who will go with me, who will like be like, come on, let's go. I was thinking while I was doing my check-in this morning with my therapist, where, you know, we were like going through the thoughts what I needed, felt like I needed to discuss. I was like to her, yeah, I think if I get my mom to drop me on her way to work, I can work out and then go home. But I won't get up in the morning. So that's a bad, you know, that sort of thing. That's not the kind of thing I need help working out. It's more like the deep stuff that I need. The real teasing out to do. Do you you like like to gym? gym? Oh, that sounded kind of, that kind of sounded like I was doing an ad. Do you like to gym in the Dublin area? Will you go with me to the gym in the Dublin area? I also enjoy yoga, Pilates, that's kind of it. I like walking too. Was that an ad? Did I just do an ad? I think I did. That was really good. Yeah, I just want someone who will help me work out more, who will keep me motivated. Because I used to go on loads of walks with Lara, but it's very hard to go on a walk with Lara when she's in Canada. And it's not the same as both going on a walk at the same time. Because guess what? We can have the exact same conversation. Her walking and me lying in bed. Ad's over. over. Did we like that? Did we enjoy my ad? What did we think? Am I amazing? Guys, I'm sick of my estate. Okay, it's actually not that bad of an estate. Amy's boyfriend recently called it a very proddy estate, but that's just because he knows us and the Thompsons. So, not accurate. There are more prods in the estate, though, than that. I'll leave it there. Today, I found a tampon on the curb. Well, no, it wasn't on the curb. It was on the grass along the path where all the trees are planted. Yes, outside each house, there's a tree planted on the road. Yeah, 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 whatever. So fancy, so bougie. I don't know if that does qualify as fancy or bougie. I don't go to that many estates and look around and take stock, whatever. A tampon. It was in It was in his packaging. I did have to do a double take. It was definitely a tampon because like there was arrows like pointing up, you know, as in like this way up. So weird. Why is there, t- is that from Halloween? Like trick or treat? Like tamponzilla? I don't know. I don't get it. Why is there a tampon on the grass outside? And I didn't pick it up because I'm not getting a disease. I'm not getting herpes. Disgusting. But like my estate is so, it's full of old people. Now there are loads of houses selling in the estate because old people die and their houses have to be bought by someone else. That's me explaining how housing turnover works. There is a lot of older people in my estate. So like when there was like graffiti done on the wall, it was instantly, instantly taken care of. The graffiti was instantly cleaned off or painted over. We didn't really slack on that one. The estate is clean. There is not really much graffiti. I don't think there's much graffiti in the estate. I'm not tempting you guys to put graffiti on my estate. Please don't. I hate it. Well, I actually had good graffiti, but like the graffiti it was, it was like wood dub or it was really, it was really stupid anyway. And it was the same kind of response for when they started building a bonfire. Lads who didn't live in our estate started building a bonfire. We have this massive, it's not that massive, we have like a big field it's called the green i don't know what the other kids the youths call it today there are you there are young kids now in the estate who drive me mad i hate them they're always shouting out on the green whatever i was probably the same at their age but these other young lads i'd say they were like 16 i don't know they started building a bonfire on the green that didn't last long you've loads of old neighbors 
sure the guards were called, the council were called, it was taken care of. They did eventually light one and someone was setting off fireworks on our road, like on the green. Illegal, what could I say? But that's actually not the most crime. I know you're probably like, what? Illegal fireworks, a potential bonfire, graffiti, a tampon. This isn't the most crime you've ever experienced in your state. No, no. I have not lived such a gated, closeted life, okay? I have seen things. I think I was about eight when this happened. I don't exactly know. So one night, a car in my estate on my road was lit on fire. It was parked outside someone's house, not in their driveway, outside their house, quite common in my estate. And the car was lit on fire. Turns out this was not the car that the people meant to light on fire as this car did not belong to that house. It belonged to the house across the road, I believe. So these people came back the next night and lit the correct car on fire. The car they originally intended to light on fire. So two cars were lit on fire in the space of two days. And it was wide, it was widely known within the estate what happened. Like the fact that there was a mix-up, the wrong car got burned. Not sure why this car was burnt. I don't know if it's like a payback thing. I don't know if it was like a tax evasion thing. I don't know why, but it happened. My estate has crime, okay? And it was so weird. So when I was in primary school, I went to primary school in Rathmines. I live in Lucan. And there was a girl in my class, Sive. And she turned to me one day because her road, she lived in like on the main road of Rathmines. So there is sometimes crime there. And I think the house down the road from her was robbed, like burglarized, like properly, or maybe, I don't know, and there was something illegal happened. And I said, I was like, oh my God, I've never even like, I've only ever seen that in the movies. And she was like, yeah, well, you live in like, oh, what did she say? She was like, you basically live in a gated community compared to me. Your housing estate is so posh. Nothing bad would ever happen in your estate. Like here, not the case. It was basically that. She lived in Rathmines. I lived in Lucan. I don't know what their perception of me was. Like, I don't know because I was obviously my mum's daughter. Like, I was Miss Bennett's daughter, a teacher in the school. That's why I went there. I wasn't... There's no other reason why I would go to that school, why I would go to a school in Rathmines. But I don't know what the kids perceive. I don't know why Sives thought I lived in a fancy estate. I don't. It's not fancy. I know I've just claimed that there hasn't been much crime other than a random tampon. I don't know why you'd think that. I don't know where she would have gotten the idea that my... There also aren't gates on my estate, so I don't know why she thought it was like a gated community. I don't know even how she knew what a gated community was. Like, we were kids i think it was my house was perceived as safer because like lucan was like out in the countryside basically back then while like rathmines was town essentially so i think that's why they all thought my house was like where i was from was like safer like it probably was no it probably wasn't there's drug dealers everywhere in lucan they didn't just arrive they didn't just pop in from ibiza I don't know why I decided to go with Ibiza. Because it's pronounced Ibiza. Why would I say Ibiza? I hate myself. All right, ladies, we're coming. I need to stop saying ladies. All right, ladies, we're coming to the end of the podcast. However, I want to close on. I was watching a girl in my year from school has a YouTube channel. Her vlogs are pretty good, I won't lie. Um, she puts a lot of effort into them, like, as in the editing is, w- is well done. It's not, like, slapstick. And a couple of girls who I've gone to school with have, like, over time have done YouTube or really put in effort to become influencers, I guess. But, like, I don't put out this podcast in hopes that I become famous. I know last week I was like, guys, I need to be famous, otherwise we're not going to get me somewhere. But... I'm putting it out more for like my own personal archives for when I have lost my brain completely and I am just batty. And it's a one day you can listen back to my sensual voice. 
But there are girls who are putting in, like, the effort into doing influencing and content creation. Like, YouTube, for example. And a lot of them are actually really good. And it makes... I don't want to say it makes sense because a lot of people who have gone to my school, who are past pupils of my school, have gone on to become influencers, models. I don't want to say, like, celebrities. I don't think that... I don't think the skills produced a celebrity. But there are girls out there who are, like, well-known. Like, very well-known. Like on TV well no this isn't me coming on and being like and I'm going to be one of them I don't want I don't want that I wouldn't be any good at it I've always been better at behind the scenes even though I did like acting as a child I'm much better at being behind the scenes I'm a very good like second in command as in I'm not good at being in charge I'm, I'm creative but I'm not very great I don't want to ever put myself out there like I don't ever want, yeah, I never, I don't like putting myself out there. I'm probably too vulnerable. So I have like great respect for the girls. I don't know any lads doing it. For the gals putting themselves out there, like doing YouTube, influencing, creating content. I have so much respect for it. And it's really difficult. It is really difficult to do. Cause like you are putting yourself out there. You're doing it all by yourself. You're not getting paid at the start. It might be a while before you're getting paid. It might be a while before like things start running, rolling in. And you have to, you have to treat it like a business before it is a business to get it going. I know this cause I, I you know, I've worked with influencers before. I know people who do content creation, but like I want them to know I've got, this is weird. I have a few friends who I've always been like, God, you would be great at it. You would be amazing. Like, you know, there are people who just have that like star power, you know, kind of like how Helen is like that vision board. Like you just, oh, she's class. Like she is, she's the blueprint in so many ways. And I have friends out there like that. And I just like, I want them to know, guys, just ask me to shoot content for you. Like, I'll take the photos, I'll do the editing. I don't care. Like, I just think it's so impressive. I'd much rather become famous riding on someone else's coattails than actually doing any hard work myself. If you need help shooting content or, like, supporting you or, like, motivating you, I remember in work, I used to always be like, Alicia, you're looking great today. Come on, let's go ahead and take a photo of you. Come on, let's get the daily pics in. Come on. Just because, like, Alicia has that star power. She would, oh, she'd be amazing. And she does have, couple of youtube videos and i really recommend watching them she's also very good on tiktok but i really recommend watching her youtube videos i love them i watch i don't think she made any of them while we were working together but i have like there were days where i was like off sick and i'd watch alicia's videos because i miss her energy she's amazing what is like what am i what is this whole point what is this part of the segment about what is it what am i supposed to be talking about yeah sorry I think I'm just like hyping people up I think because I I probably left one of the other episodes kind of similar where I was like guys just support your friends posts online like just like the pictures because like it could make and break someone's day I feel the same like when I know someone who's putting effort into content creation or that sort of thing I just really want to support them I don't want to like I'm not going to message someone I don't know though and be like wow you're doing great obviously I reached out to Lucy and I was like Lucy great job videos are great love it keep going um yeah and I remember like I invited Angel to one of our events but she was she was like oh my god can I still come I'm not really doing it anymore can I still come though and I was like yeah of course I don't of course you can you dress the part you take photos of course you can come uh but like I do oh, I just want to I want to support the girls I know like the girls who have what it takes or like who are like putting in the effort I think it's amazing because I could never and like you got to keep supporting people doing things otherwise they'll stop they'll give up and they'll never know how much it meant to you so yeah I've 
uh, let me see. Okay, I've now just, I'm going through my YouTube subscriptions to see who I know that I want to give like a shout out to because like there are 2,000 people listening to this or there was 2,000 people listening to the last episode and the episode before so like I'm assuming they're gonna listen to this one too. People I'm giving shout outs to Alicia Donnelly uh she's on TikTok and YouTube amazing. I really want her to get back into posting YouTubes. She's so talented. She just won't. She is vlogging. I know she's doing it. But she won't post them. I don't know what it is. My, I want, I want to call her like my baby sister of, she's like my drag sister or something. Like I just, uh, Circa? Wait, what's her actual, what's her handle? What's Circa's handle? Oh, it's just Circa A. Sorry, it's just Sir, at Circa with an extra A and then an X. You'll find her lads. She's got like 19k. She's my baby sister of drag. And by that I mean we are mentally unstable sisters. Booyah. Giving her a shout out if you're into mental health content. It's not even mental health content. I'm lying. She just talks about mental health sometimes. She's a vibe though. It's usually her dancing in her kitchen. No joke. Like it's usually her dancing in her kitchen. Okay, who else am I giving shout outs to? Angel was doing it, but Angel has since stopped. I think her her London vlog is still up though. So you could give that a watch. And then Lucy Fleming. Lucy is, Lucy was in my ears. She's like still uploading, she uploads vlogs. They're very wholesome. And you're like not, you know how some people put up videos and you're like, Jesus Christ, the editing is shit. Nah, not hers. It's pristine editing. Hey, two people who like, they're actually not my friends. So I've never, no, I've met Ave in real life, but Ave Carroll, big shout out to her. She's just started YouTube. Oh, I don't know how many videos she has, but yeah, great. The other one, Chloe Doyle, makeup artist. But now she's going as Yafella. That's her uh, TikTok handle. Lads, I've actually, we've never even met. But I reached out to her back when I was working in Pure and I was added her to, my, to the Pure list because I was like, she is, oh, she's a content, she's the content creator of dreams for a Pure agency because she produces such good content. If you send her something, she'll use it in like eight videos. God, she's amazing. And her content's so funny. Like, she's hilarious and talented. Chloe Doyle. Ah, uh-huh. you fella. Very good. I think that's it of people I know who I'm willing to give shout outs to that I want to create more. I want them to create more content. Whether whether it means I have to get in there and take the photos myself, I will. I don't care. I just think they're amazing. Yeah. You know how it's like support local businesses, support local influencers, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, influencers, support them all, shop local. You know, this, this is my big morning. If I know you, and I know you're into content creation, becoming an influencer, whatever you want to call it. I may just be like, honey, do you need me to take some photos for you? I will. I'll do it. Secondly, you can expect a DM from me to have you on the podcast. Just expect one. This might not even... No, wait, what? People who don't even listen to this who I know. This was your warning and you missed it. You didn't even hear it. I should probably put this up on my story or something like the sound bite that I'm coming for you all to have you on the podcast Helen you don't have a choice I know you're willing but I will also when I go over to London I might just take a thousand photos of you I might just make you become an influencer against your will I might just make you film a get ready with me like I might just force you into being an influencer because like what like what else have I got to do I'm unemployed I'm not a full-time podcaster I would never call myself that I'm a full-time stay-at-home daughter. It's exhausting work, but somebody's got to do it, okay? My two big sisters went out there and got jobs. Selfish. So now I have to be the schlep who stays at home and like cries. You know yourself. Somebody's got to do it. It's honest work and I do it well. 
Oh my god, I didn't even tell you guys about the most traumatic part of my week. My week's not over yet, but this is the most traumatic part of my week. I went for an EEG. So for anyone who doesn't know, after EP, I had a seizure. No, please don't text me being like, I hope you're okay. I'm grand. I had a seizure. They think it was like a febrile, febrile seizure, which is what babies have. They think I had it, like, obviously I'm no longer a baby. But they can occur in adults. But they think I had it because my body is, like, weakened so much from the medication and the stress my body's under. I put my body under a hell of a lot of stress, guys. You know? I really push her to the max. So today, not today, yesterday, I had to go for a brain scan, an EEG. It's where they attach all the sticky dots and the wires to your brain. It's non-invasive. And they do a series of tests. Well, fuck me, the tests aren't easy. I had one of these done when I was 12. I had one of these done when I was in my floppy joe stage where I was fainting all the time. I don't remember any of it. Do you want to know why? Because it's fucking traumatic. God, I hated it. I hated it. The doctor measured my scalp. Maybe it's not a doctor. Maybe it's just a technician. I don't know. Are radiographers doctors? Mm, I should have asked Jack that when I met him on a night out. Anyway, so also it was in Beaumont and Jack works there. And I was like, oh my God, what if Jack's doing it? I said this to Michal and Michal was like, oh, that'd be class. You'd have so much fun. And then I was like, oh my God, no way. Cause like, what if I have dandruff that day? Which I don't actually, I don't have dandruff, but I, for some reason, was like, what if I have dandruff that day? I can't be, uh, what if it's Jack and he knows now I have dandruff? Or I'm like, oh my God, what if he sees in my brain that I'm a psychopath? You know, I just freaked out. I wasn't Jack, it's okay. So I'm going to refer to them as a doctor. The doctor started by measuring my head because then they know exactly where to place the dots, the glue dot. I don't know, the wires? She's measuring my head and she has this blue pencil where she has to mark off like certain, I don't know, spots where like that's where you're gonna put it it's a blue pencil it's not even a marker it's not even like an eyeliner pencil where it's like it's a sharp blue pencil it was so sore on my poor little scalp i think i've got lead stuck in my brain now i'm like not even joking it was that bit was sore anyway and i'm not even a baby i was really anxious for this but anyway i'm not even like a pain baby i'm usually really good when i go to do tests I hated this. She asked me like my medical history, so on, allergies, that sort of thing, list of meds, whatever. And I was like, I told her that I had BPD and psychosis because it's good to disclose those things, particularly before you're like stuck in a room with someone for an hour. It's always nice to let them know that you could go a bit. So the tests start, I'm lying back on this bed, lights are on and she's like, okay, just rest. It's to get my brain resting, then lights go off, it's to get my breast, my breast? Oh my god, no. My brain, it's to get my brain while I'm resting. Yeah, brain resting is breasting, I just want you all to know that. And then the flashing lights start. Guys, this lamp, big, circular, like a spotlight lamp was put in front of me. It was about like six inches away from my face, flashing. And you have to do like close eyes, open eyes, close eyes, and then it gets faster. Close eyes, open eyes, close eyes, and it gets faster. Close eyes, open eyes, close eyes, it gets faster. And so on and so on and so on. I am, I get very emotionally triggered by flashing lights. It's more like a primal fear. Like I can't necessarily explain it. It kind of just triggers something in my brain that's like, oh my God, go time. Like we need to, we're under attack. So we need to do something to usually kill myself. By the second last round of these flashing lights, I didn't know when it was going to end. But by the second last round, I was just like, okay, I'm going to have a heart attack. This is, I'm terrified of this. This is exhausting. My heart was sore. My heart was literally sore because I was freaked so much. And I was like, okay, I might just, I might just die. Like, and I, I, she was really good. When I told her I had BPD, she was like, fair enough. No worry. Well, I was like, I have BPD and psychosis. She was like, okay, 
if you need to stop the test at any time that's no worries we can but we will have to like start the test from the beginning again just to get accurate readings I was like okay and at first I was like that's grand I'm literally just gonna be lying here nope nope you work for that test you work hard so then after the flashing lights we're doing we start doing a weird breathing exercise where you do a really short breath in like that's it not even like breathe in for seven breathe out for seven no 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 it was like breathe in for two out for like eight (sighs) okay that wasn't eight but you know and it was like you had to push it out at as much force as you can I had to do that for three minutes three minutes I felt like I was drowning I don't have good lung health okay how do I explain this I smoke I rarely get fresh air and when I do it's usually smoky air I have anaphylaxis I've had anaphylaxis three times so that impacts your lung health I've had covid I don't know if that impacted my lung health I've had several chest infections when I was a baby I had a really bad chest infection like I was hospitalized over it so like I don't have healthy lungs okay and I don't exercise leave me the fuck alone we've heard this previously so my lungs are so unhealthy I felt like I was drowning doing this test I was just like (sighs) afterwards I was not well not well hotel at all three minutes and like she was obviously trying to like hype me up she's like you're halfway through Suzanne just keep going you know when you're like when you feel like you're drowning in water and your chest gets really like your lungs get really hot because they're so tired and like it literally felt like I was taking in salt I felt like I was breathing in salt water I was god that was difficult and after the test I was panting I was just like (laughs) trying to catch my breath the poor girl she was probably like are you an 80 year old woman do you have bronchitis what's wrong she could tell she could probably be like yeah no that girl's a smoker smokers are jokers i didn't get that until i did the eeg okay now i understand why they say we're jokers because we're trash at the eeg tests and then it came to the lights being and then we got we did a more lights on lights off not like flashing lights like the main light was being turned on and off but it was like for long periods of time then. At this point, I was freaked, okay? I'm not breathing well. My vision isn't great from all the flashing lights. And I'm starting to hallucinate quite badly. So there I am in the bed having this test done. And I start shaking. Not like a seizure. No, like every so often I jump with fear. I'm like, jeez, oh my God. And then I'm like, sorry. And I apologize to the girl. And she's like, no worries. Don't worry about it. Just try not to talk. I don't know why you can't talk. It's probably because like it wrecks the machine. It like ruins the test or something. I kept jumping. I kept kept, like twitching because I was freaked. I thought something was coming at me because I was hallucinating. I was in a room in the dark. This person was telling me to, this person was like talking to me, but I couldn't see them. My depth perception was warped from all the flashing lights. I was like seeing spots. That's normal. It was not the vibe. I came back out to the, my mom was in the waiting room waiting for me. I came back out to her and I almost like collapsed into her arms. No joke, almost died like. I was just like, Jesus, Harville. I was asleep by the time we were leaving the car park. I could, I was whacked. It was so fucking difficult. Then I came home and slept for like four hours. Go me. But I was also, I was talking to mom in the car, like delusionally talking to my sweet sweet Avril and I go I'm oh, drop me off anywhere I'm oh, drop me wherever you like don't want you to be late I wasn't even like fully awake I was 
babbling while being half asleep and Avril was like no no I'll drop you home it's okay she's probably like if I leave you at a bus stop you'll probably step out in front of one you have no cognitive function right now so we'll see in two weeks what the results are I don't think anything's gonna come back on the scan because I was just the doctors were having me do it to like rule out anything that could be inside my brain like if I had epilepsy or something but they they're really confident that it was a febrile seizure but yeah sorry I'm going to see hormone specialists this Chris this Christmas hormone specialists by Suzanne Moody now I'm going to see uh hormone doctors uh because after the seizure I was in Blanche because that's where so weird the ambulance will always take me to Blanche but my hospital for mental the hospital I'm to go to for when I'm feeling suicidal like I'm supposed to go to Tala like that's my precinct district don't know obviously you can go to any of them I don't like Blanche okay the first time I was there they wouldn't give me a knife yeah I know I just tried to kill myself but how am I supposed to eat this entire chicken without a knife like I'm being I'm under constant supervision give a knife the second time the food was a bit better the first time the food was terrible Tala I've never actually stayed in Tala they've never let me they have sent me home when I'm like, if I go home, I'll kill myself. And she's like, well, you have to go home. So try not to kill yourself. That's what the, that's what the trained doctor, the trained psychologist or psychiatrist said to me. Well, try not to. What do you think I've been doing for the past like eight months? Beaumont, yeah. Sorry, my cousin actually checked me in. And I didn't recognize him. That's terrible. I haven't seen this cousin since I was like a child. Because it's my dad's cousin's son. So like, I don't see him. Uh, and it'd be weird if I just assumed everyone with brown hair was my cousin. And also he had my name. I had given him my name. Now there was a bit of a clue because when I said my surname, Moody, he didn't hesitate. He wasn't like, Mooney? Moody? Moldy? Like, what? Are, how do you spell it? He didn't, it didn't baffle him at all. He straight away got it. But my mom recognised him. My mom was like, ah, Joey, how are you? Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't recognise him. I haven't seen him since I was a child. How would I know? Okay, sorry. Back, back to what I was supposed to be saying. I'm going to see a hormone specialist because when I was in Blanche with my febrile seizure, it was the same doctor who was my main consultant after my first overdose. And he was like, oh, we've met before. I remember you. You probably don't remember me. And I was like, I haven't a clue who you are. He's like, that's okay. Fair enough. Then he told me who he was. And I was like, oh, sorry. Sorry, I forgot you. Man who like technically saved my life, I think. But he was like, you have you have BPD and you have adenomyosis and are both could be to do with a hormone imbalance or your hormones might be properly regulated and I was like well that's what I've been told this entire time like I've doctors have just told me yeah no you're you have a hormone imbalance they're not regulated anyway I'm going to see a, a specialist, an endocrinologist, because this doctor who was in Blanche was like, yeah, no, maybe you should be on, maybe you should be on hormone treatment. I've done hormone treatment before, but like short term, as in like straight away injections, straight away, like it was very much like, right, okay, we need the womb to stop trying to kill itself. Different injection. Don't ask me what they were. I don't remember. So will we leave it here? Will I just go... Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening. Like, follow, subscribe. And don't just do that for me. Do that for the girls I shouted out earlier as well. Like, follow, subscribe, comment, click. Even if you just interact with it three times. You can just watch it three times. I'm pretty sure that works. But for my podcast, podcast, 
you can like, you can comment, you can subscribe, you can DM me if you want to be my gym buddy, if you want me to help you with content creation, if you want me to interview you on the podcast or like have a casual chat on the podcast or be on the podcast, DM me with any of those things. I love hearing from people about the podcast. It's really warming. However, when I was at... um. God, I'm gonna do it again at the beginning and at the end. When I was at my ex's party, a couple of people were asking me about it, and I was like, Oh my god, are they slagging me? Oh my god, they're taking the piss out of me. This is embarrassing. They think I'm a loser because I have a podcast. I don't think they actually do, but anyway, goodbye. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week for another fun filled episode about rambling, probably unless she's got an interviewee guest. I did say last week that this week might be an interview. Uh, it didn't end up working out because the person is no longer in the country. Hehe, <laughs> classic me. Okay, bye, 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 goodbye.